This is the Emergency Medical Minute, sponsored by Health One. Okay, great. So I'm going to talk about a case that I had a while ago, uh, which is super interesting. Um, so this person gets up in the morning. They have a normal day. They get ready for work. Uh, they're they're going to go out. They were seen in the ER a few days ago, though, and uh, and uh, for an epistaxis nosebleed and had a nasal packing that was placed. Okay, so they jump in the car. They start driving, and then they start feeling really sick. They start feeling lightheaded and dizzy, like they're going to pass out. Their stomach starts cramping, and then they call nine one one. By the time nine one one gets there, the person is quasi unconscious. They've defecated all over themselves. Uh, they, pop, they pop them on the monitor and get some vital signs and they're hypotensive and they bring them in to the, to the ED. Um, so the other thing that they notice is that the person just has a bit of a rash on them that's new. Uh, when you call the, the, the patient's wife, they said, no, they didn't have any rash. They had a normal day. They were just going out to work. I don't know anything that could have happened. Um, so what are your thoughts? Hypotensive, rash. So when you look at the rash, it's actually uh, kind of just, it almost looks like a light sunburn. It's reddish and kind of all over their body. So while you guys are scratching your heads and thinking about it, we jump on, you're giving them fluids, you get a full three liters in and their pressure is still just in the shitter, okay? So you do an H&H, &H, there's no bleeding. You do a fast, we do a fast exam. There's no, there's no blood where it shouldn't be. What you notice though is that, you know, when you look at their vena cava and you look at their right ventricle, that both are pretty flat, right? So the patient either looks hypovolemic or something else. So, so allergic reaction is a great thought, right? So they've got a rash all over their body. And then in terms of the type of shock, we're thinking about the right things, right? Because shock comes in different forms. So you have like obstructive shock where you have a big PE, blood's not getting past that. Or you have, uh, let's say, a large pericardial fusion and the heart can't fill, right? So obstructive shock. Then you have other shocks, which, are, which for example, like uh, pump failure, right? Someone's got a big MI, their heart's not pumping, so you have pump failure type of shock, right? And then you have this person who's red everywhere. You look at their vena cava, it's kind of flat, and it's kind of distributive shock, right? So Steve was mentioning that. One of the common things is like anaphylactic shock, but there's something else that this guy, this guy has. So what is it? So remember, the, the one thing that, at, so yeah, sure. So you're on the right track with maybe a toxicity, anticholinergic, since they've got all that diarrhea, right? That's a great thought. But this person wasn't around. You know, they're not. Uh, their job isn't like spraying uh, spraying lawns for uh, for pesticides or anything. You know. So so this person has what in their nose when you look at them too? They have a packing, right? Toxic shock syndrome, man. Abraham, boom. Okay, great. Drop the mic. Oh, no. <laughs> Toxic shock syndrome. So toxic shock syndrome is a very rare cause of shock. And it's kind of interesting because you can have these cases where people are feeling good, but then when the bacteria either starts producing the toxin or when they get exposed to the toxin, it enters their bloodstream, they get sick as shit really, really quick, right? And they present with oftentimes severe hypotension. The rash oftentimes you'll see is kind of just this diffuse erythematous rash. Um, and, uh, and it's a really, really bad cause of, you know, of shock. Um, so what's the first thing we should do besides resuscitation? Yep. 
So remove whatever the offending agent is. So, you know, traditionally that's been a tampon, right? So you'd either remove the tampon or in this case, remove the nasal packing from the person, try to get that out and do kind of source control. And then besides resuscitation with fluids, oftentimes you'll find that they're somewhat refractory to, to volume, although you should fill the tank, right? You're given lots of fluid. These people often require vasopressors in the first little bit. And then for antibiotics, there's a few interesting things you do. So what's the antibiotic we give for people who are kind of toxin-mediated badness? So for like neck fash or for... TSST, exactly, clindamycin. Because what clinda does is affects protein synthesis. And what this is, uh, TSST1, which is the toxin that creates toxic shock, is a protein. So you want to shut down those bacteria from making protein. You want to move the bacteria in the source, which is why you take out the packing. You want to resuscitate them. And then oftentimes these people continue to get sick. They often have multi-system organ failure. Um, and then the, the kind of telltale thing is they'll have desquamation, which is a very late finding. But it, like in a week or two, if they survive their ICU stay, et cetera, they'll actually have a lot of sloughing of their skin. Okay. Um, so if you see a, see a person, young person who comes in, shock, redness, you should think of toxic shock syndrome, anaphylaxis, right? Uh, things of that nature, which are kind of more distributive shock. So, okay. Thank you. One last thing is uh, because of this, people, some people have recommended that we put people with nasal packing on antibiotics. You remember that we used to do this all the time. Uh, the evidence says you don't need to do that, you know, that this is so rare <laughs> that we don't need to do antibiotics for these people. Just like the same way when, when women have uh, periods and we, they put, they're using tampons, we don't put anthem on antibiotics either, right? And thankfully, toxic shock syndrome has become much more rare as they've changed the type of tampon that people are using and also uh, people changing out their tampons more frequently. So, but it can be caused by nasal packings, which is kind of the weird thing there. Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Bradley, anesthesiologist and U.S. Naval officer. I'm also the host and creator of the Black Doctors podcast. This podcast provides weekly 30-minute episodes that tell the stories of minority healthcare professionals. It is my hope that hearing these unique and inspiring stories will encourage others to consider pursuing these challenging and rewarding career paths. So please join me for the Black Doctors podcast, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all major streaming platforms.